0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote.
1: And I'm Gerardo Fortuna.
0: And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's Agri-Food News Team.
1: So uh, this week I'm going to start with the special report that we published Uh, on the new terminology. So basically, I don't know you, but sometimes I feel like lost with all this uh, Mm -hmm. fancy adjective. There's a
0: lot of new words in sustainability in general.
1: So uh, we have these new terms and immediately after that, the word farming. So we try to uh, explain a bit uh, some of the key emerging themes uh, in sustainable uh, food systems. And uh, for instance, uh, we started with agroforestry, which is... Like, did? yeah, 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 which is a topic that is particularly dear to you.
0: My pet, my pet the, topic, I yeah, <laughs> my favorite topic. Yeah, we did. We explored agroforestry, which I think sometimes is not always fully understood. Um, and it can be defined as the integration of trees into agriculture or the integration of agriculture into trees. So I had the chance to speak with uh, Jerry Lawson, and so he's with the um, EU Agroforestry Association. And we spoke a bit about uh, the CAP, the Common Agricultural Policy and Agroforestry, um, because the terms actually cropped up now both in the Green Deal and also the EU's flagship new food policy, the Farm to Fork Strategy. So it is set to be pretty important in the EU agenda. And so we spoke a bit about how uh, farmers can be encouraged to plant trees on their land um, and how they need financial reassurance that it's going to be okay for them to plant trees.
1: Thanks, Natasha. And then we move to another terminology. It's not dead hold actually. It's the conservation agriculture, Mm. which also it's about another topic that's particularly due to you, soil. I do love soil. uh, Yeah. And um, so uh, why it's a bit... bit, uh, a gray area, because um, conservation agriculture lends itself easily to misinterpretation, uh, as the term conservation often indicates activities that involves the preservation and restoration of degraded natural habitats to improve biodiversity. So again, conservation agriculture also promotes biodiversity, but it mostly addresses issue that refers to a different ph- different phenomenon, which is soil degradation. So, um, soil organic matter is super uh, uh, important for the for the even in the next common agricultural policy in the reform um, of the main EU farming subsidies program. And the idea of the Commission is to increase uh, the weight of the of conservation agriculture uh, in order to cope with uh, both the. climate adaptation and, and climate mitigation. So um, there's a real step forward for the conservation agriculture uptake uh, that is expected in the post-2020 cap reform, as uh, some conservation agricultural practices can be promoted under the new system of eco-scheme. So um, basically under the first pillar, so the direct payments framework. Uh, while in the in the past uh, uh, in the latest program uh, it was only under uh, the second pillar, so the rural development program, and then we also uh, wrote this article on uh, on the concept of soil carbon sequestration. So the other new word is uh, again, it's not that new, but uh, we speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, carbon farming. So it's uh, uh, the idea is to um, store. Uh, carbon in, in soil, as crops are natural carbon sinks for, for carbon dioxide. And um, the stats says that crops remove the equivalent of around 51 billion tonnes of CO2 from the atmosphere each year and storing them in the topsoil. Uh, so again, carbon farming is regaining strength as a key measure. And lastly, we got two contributions from uh, the French office and the Berlin office of Euroactive. The French article was dealing with the, with the concept of payments for environmental services, which is currently widely debated in France and the EU, while uh, the article from Thoran uh, Schutz uh, uh, from uh, Uractive Germany was about urban farming. Uh, and in particularly the potential of this new idea, which is, uh, in in Europe, it's in, in its infancy, but it's being increasingly practiced.
0: So the other story that we have been exploring this week is a rather curious tale about pigtails, or rather the lack thereof, I should say. Um, And so this all started when we stumbled across a parliamentary question, well actually Gerardo stumbled across a parliamentary question and a response on the docking of pigtails, which caught my eye, because anyone that knows me knows about my love of pigs. This week we're exploring a lot of things that (laughs) are dear to my heart, it seems. Um, So yeah, my colleagues are used to me being pretty enthusiastic about some weird and wonderful things, but I think they thought I had completely lost it when I said I was writing an article about pigtails. But once we dug into it a bit, we found that it is actually uh, a pretty interesting issue. So uh, what's the story? Well, uh, when pigs who are thought to be one of the most intelligent animals are in crowded conditions or lack sufficient stimulation, the pigs bite each other out of stress and boredom and frustration. So tail docking uh, has been practiced in the sector to try and preempt the animals injuring each other, usually when the piglets are only a few days old. But tail docking was actually outlawed over 20 years ago and there's a council directive which laid down the minimum standards for the protection of pigs which specifies that farmers must instead explore options to prevent tail biting by improving inadequate conditions. So despite that, according to the commission response, only two member states, Finland and Sweden, have banned the routine pig tail docking. The Commission say that they are continuing to engage with member states to remind them of the need to address the issue of routine tail docking and ensure compliance with the requirements in the EU legislation. And they also said that other member states have submitted action plans to the Commission in 2018 and had updates of these plans in 2018 2019. But they highlight that with the exception of Denmark, all of the other action plans are basically uh, inadequate. A commission spokesperson also told us that the commission has developed various resources to help support member states' efforts and actions in the area of pig welfare. And the issue is likely to be revisited as part of the farm-to-fork strategy, which I think it's fair to say we have covered once or twice, Gerardo, don't you think? More than a few times. More than a few times. <laughs> the strategy places a strong emphasis on animal welfare, which is also a priority of the German presidency. But this answer doesn't go far enough for MEP Frederick Fedley, who submitted the parliamentary question, and he told you active that this response was inadequate, saying that this is an important issue not only for the welfare of pigs, but also for proving that the commission does actually follow up on the implementation of EU legislation.
1: Yeah, particularly on this... Uh on this issue, because it's mostly about, of course, I mean, it's it's also about the animal welfare. But uh, again, we're talking about the uh, continued uh, lack of implementation of something that it's uh, it's law
0: mm-hmm. Over two decades. So. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, and so we also spoke to Olga Kiku, who is the head of Compassion in World Farming. And she said that the commission must now use its teeth which I thought was a great pun, to launch infringement proceedings against member states who are breaching the law. Um, But we also did speak to um, Ben Williams, who's the coordinator for the EU Pig Innovation Project, who did caution actually that tail docking as a welfare tool is a complex issue. um, And he said that it is important not to rule out situations by prohibiting it entirely, which he says could sometimes cause actually an increase in welfare issues.
1: Now for the news from the EU bubble this week, uh, starting with... uh the work that the European Parliament is doing on, on how to allocate the top-up coming to the EU's farming subsidies programme, the Common agricultural policy, from the bloc's post-Covid stimulus plan, the uh, recovery fund. There are 7.5 billion that could be spent under the second pillar of the economic agricultural policy, so basically under the Rural Development Programme. And, they, and the European Parliament's Agriculture Committee rapporteur on this issue, the socialist MEP Paolo de Castro, filed some amendments to the German presidency proposal uh, aiming at ring-fencing uh, 37% of the budget of this you know, uh, extra budget for agro-environmental measures, but also it aims at increasing the level of support up to uh, 100% for investment linked to the transition toward a smarter, uh, more digital and more resilient agricultural sector. And he also told us that uh, the objective is to reflect the same level of ambition shown by uh, President Ursula von der Leyen in her State of the Union address, where she committed to invest, again, 37% of uh, the Next Generation EU, the other name of the recovery fund, directly on the European Green Deal objectives. And in other news, uh, 30 EU civil society organisations and 250 organisations working in coalition in seven member states wrote to the leaders of EU institutions this week to call out the mismatch between ongoing negotiations on the reform of the Common Agricultural Policy and the objective of the European Green Deal. Also, 46 new projects are now in line to receive over $236 in research funding grants from the Horizon 2020 program, which is the EU fund for uh, research and innovation. These projects will develop innovative agricultural solutions, including approaches to reduce pesticide use, uh, foster urban food systems and promote agroecology and energy-free farming, among others. And also, news from the trade association uh, Copacoceca, which represents uh, the EU farmers. Uh, Romanian farming and cooperative organization united forces in the Alliance for Agriculture and Cooperation and joined uh, the EU farmers' Asso- association Copacojeca as full members uh, this week. And uh, this is part of its goal to be more uh, pres- a present partner at a new level. And also, and lastly, uh, the European Commission has approved a new geographical indication this week, uh, Bracchi Vareni. Do you know what it is, No,
0: tell
1: it. It's a Croatian product made from grapes. Uh-huh. It's actually a viscous liquid with notes of honey, and a mildly and a mildly pronounced fla- flavor and aroma of grapes of course and a moderately pronounced flavor of caramel
0: wow you sound like you sell it i don't <laughs> And now for the agri-food news from the capitals this week, starting with the UK, where UK beef is to be served on US plates for the first time in over 20 years, with the first beef exports commencing from a Northern Irish facility this week, according to a statement on the UK government's website. And this comes after the USA's long-standing ban on EU beef, which was introduced in the wake of the mad cow disease outbreak back in 1996. Market access for UK beef was granted back in March, and the UK government called this a historic moment for UK farmers and food producers. In France, the great national debate on agriculture started again last weekend after being postponed due to COVID-19. The government is looking to consult the population in order to define France's position on the negotiations on the future common agricultural policy. Sustainable management of natural resources, protection of biodiversity, landscapes and ecosystems and combating and adapting to climate change are the three priority objectives that have been identified for the future common agricultural policy. In Ireland, the Irish government rushed through emergency legislation for the timber industry this week amid fears that the sector is running out of its native raw material. This is after changes in licensing were introduced by the EU and Ireland was found to not fully meet the EU environmental requirements. So now in order to keep timber mills in business, Ireland is looking to import timber from Scotland. In Italy, the operational group, Ultra Rep, is working on innovative ultrasonic technologies to protect crops from wild animals in a sustainable way while not harming the animals. So the presence of animals, especially deer and wild boar, living in the Italian region of Tuscany can cause serious damage to farm crops, resulting in the loss of income for farmers.
1: So uh, on our radar this week, there's the plenary of the European Parliament, starting from Monday, uh, until Thursday, like always. And um, particularly interesting are the votes on the climate law, which is a resolution, it's an, a, a non-initiative. So it started from the parliament even before the presentation of the update uh, to the climate law from the commission uh, last week. And there will be also, it will be discussed and voted uh, the European forestry strategy. Uh, both votes are scheduled on uh, Tuesday. Events next week, the European Commission in partnership with the European Investment Bank is holding a webinar on the financial needs in the agriculture and agri-food sectors in Austria and the Czech Republic. And from 7 to 11th October, the Alimentaire uh, Film Festival will take place in Belgium. Uh, which is designed to bring attention to films with themes such as the resilience to the current food system challenges, the recognition to local production, food sovereignty in Africa and the prospects for future for young farmers in times of crisis. That's all from us for now. Uh, this week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Food, with the technical support of Evi Chiori. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agricultural news from the EU.
0: You can also listen to this podcast on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also Stitcher. I'm Natasha Food. Thanks for listening. See you next week.